Hey everyone, this is Ray Hilbert, your host here at Bottom Line Faith. We hope that during this time of the global pandemic that you and yours are safe and sound. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be presenting to you some of the best of episodes that we have recorded over the last few years here at Bottom Line Faith. We're doing this in order to bring you some of the best high-profile and specialized speakers to help you navigate this crisis in your leadership in the marketplace. We'll be back with you soon with some new episodes of Bottom Line Faith, but for now, we hope and pray that this episode will be of tremendous value to help you live out your faith in the marketplace. And now, the show that bridges the gap between faith and business. Welcome to Bottom Line Faith. Well, hey, everyone. This is Ray Hilbert. I am your host here at Bottom Line Faith, and we'd like to welcome you back to another episode of the program where we get the amazing opportunity to talk with Christ followers from all across the country, all walks of life. But what they hold in common, what other than their love for Christ, is they are really trying to live out their faith in the marketplace. So, you know, we interview CEOs and entrepreneurs and business leaders and executives, the occasional athlete and high profile actor, that kind of thing. But we really are, are trying to encourage and celebrate living out our faith in the marketplace. So we're really here just to encourage you as our listeners and subscribers here at Bottom Line Faith. So I am really, really excited today. Um, folks, as we're recording this conversation, we, we've gone to a slightly different technology base. Uh, we're not quote unquote in studio. We are recording this uh, using Zoom technology because we are in the middle of the COVID-19 global pandemic. And so that is causing uh, us all, as you all know, to do things differently these days. So I am sitting in my home office just outside of Indianapolis, Indiana, and Fishers, where I live. And joining me via Zoom is Peter Demis from Nashville, Tennessee area, right? Yeah, right outside of Nashville in a little town, well, not little anymore, but a town called Murfreesboro, Tennessee. So That's right. So Peter is the president at uh, Demas Brands. He's a speaker and author of his book called Afraid to Trust. And I'm hoping we can talk about that today. But Peter, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, listen, um, we're just going to jump right in. And so as Peter helped our audience to understand a little bit about your company, what you guys do, we'll get into the faith journey and those kinds of things and lessons learned along the way, but help us understand uh, a little bit about the, the business uh, that, you, that you're in. Yeah, certainly. So we are uh, in the restaurant business. Uh, my, uh, we, we currently run two restaurants. One's called Demas's, uh, uh, Demas's Restaurant, which has uh, just celebrated its 30th anniversary. Um, we've been around for 30 years. My parents started it in 1989. They turned the operations over to me at the end of 2001. And, um, and then my, my sister and I purchased it from my, uh, uh, from my father then in 2009, I believe. Um, and so we've kind of operated it for, for, for a long period of time. And then uh, two years ago, we, we opened up a, uh, another restaurant concept called PDK Southern Kitchen and Pantry. And it's a fast casual restaurant. Hmm. It's one of those that you will walk up to and to the counter, you get your, you place your order, then we bring and pay and then we bring the food out to you. And, um, but it has a, a, a Southern, Southern flavor. So 
uh, as opposed to most fast casuals, which focus on one item or, or you know, we, we, we have a variety menu on it. And so that's part of what we're, what we're doing. So we have two different types of concepts we work out. And then we have a couple other stuff on the sides that like a seasonings company and an e-commerce site. And, and we do those types of stuff. So we can ship our food anywhere, anywhere in the continental United States. So we do that as well. Yeah. And so, uh, Peter, recording of this, we're in the middle of April of 2020. So as I mentioned in the opening comments, we're in the midst, the, the, the smack dab epicenter, right, of this global pandemic. Um, how, how is this affecting your business, being in the, the <laughs> so forth? I've got to believe that you're right in the middle of the yeah, absolutely. So as the last article I read, uh, there was uh, 30,000 restaurants across the country that had permanently closed. Uh, the, the number is expected to increase to almost 200,000 restaurants. Uh, permanently closed. Permanently closed, not temporary, permanently closed. And so, uh, you know, our sales have dropped anywhere. The, the, best, uh, the, the best location we had dropped 15%. Uh, the worst one dropped 95% in one week. We, 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 we had to temporarily shut that one down uh, immediately, uh, but most of the others have been hovering around 50, 55% loss in sales. You know, all the dining rooms are now shut down. Uh, we had to make, uh, we had to move very quickly as far as, uh, uh, yeah. the restaurant business deals with a lot of cash flow coming in and out. The problem is, is there's not a whole lot of cash flow sitting in the business. Yeah. So when you have something like this that happens as quickly and you can't adjust and you've got payroll that's off from your sales, um, you know, so we, we had actually hit a point where we were about two to three weeks from declaring bankruptcy. So we had to, we had to lay off employees very fast. We had to make a lot of decisions, reach out and negotiate with people super fast. And, uh, we, we got, uh, we never did curbside before we do it now. We never did delivery before we do it now. Uh, we got all that up and running in 18 months, which or 18 hours, I'm sorry, 18, 18 hours. And so when you're doing all of that so fast, I mean, you're, you're, you don't have time to think. Um, and so we, we, we were operating in that, in that capacity. And, you know, like right now, you know, we're, I got a stack of checks on my desk right now that I'm like, okay, you know, which ones am I going to pay this week? Which ones am I going to call and say, I promise I'll get to you. It's just not going to be this week. <laughs> yeah, and, right. and we, and we, and so that, that's how we're operating right now. But again, we're, we're, we're doing better than 30,000 other restaurants. So I'm very thankful for that. And that's been part of our, part of our strategy is just to be thankful during this entire time. Yeah. And, you know, we, <laughs> this is just one of those things that it's not like previous situations or, or, or economic um, downturns where maybe certain sectors, certain industries, you know, th this is everybody. We truly are in this together. And so as you're in, and probably we're still fairly early in whatever this new reality, this new world's going to be. But Peter, I really want to dive into how, what is it that you sense God speaking to you as a Christ follower in business going through this? How has your faith helped you in this journey? You know, let's just kind of, what would you have to say about all that? Well, so, so actually I've been, been very excited about it. Um, I mean, it's kind of weird, you know, I, 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 the first thing I remember posting on Facebook and I'm not a big social media guy, but I just kind of said, look, you know, I wanted to, to, to encourage others. I'm like, you know, when the president and governors are telling people don't go to restaurants, you know, all we have left to do is just to praise God for who he is. And so that was kind of our big piece of it. And then as time has progressed and we're seeing and we're dealing with the realities of it, um, yeah, 
in, in my book that, that you referenced, uh, uh, Afraid to Trust, in, in that book, it talks about a failed business that, that, that we had. We opened up a restaurant. It was, it was, it was miserable from beginning to end. Um, it was one of those things where at one time I was on the floor bawling, crying. And, um, and, and it was the only time during that moment where I've ever heard God's audible voice. And, and, it just, and, and, and he said, get up and go to work. And it was kind of stunning, you know, <laughs> it was, you know, and so, so I, you know, I went over and, and started you know, just kind of doing some emails and, and I remembered a verse before I was even a Christian that I remembered a verse that said, do not worry about tomorrow for today has enough on its own. So I looked it up and eventually kind of led myself to the, to the, to the premise of, uh, to the, to the spot in, um, in Philippians 4, 6, which says, do not be anxious for anything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, submit your request to God. And so between those two verses, I realized a couple things. One, we, we got to be thankful during this time. You know, it says, do not be anxious, but be thankful, and then make your, then submit your request. And so, so by being thankful, by being, by being praiseworthy, you know, and, and, and so that was, that was a big part that I took away there, and that's what I'm applying every day. So, you know, we can hear all the time, Christians are great at Christian speak, but, 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 but it's fall short of the practical aspects of it, you know, and, and so when they say, oh, well, just cast your anxieties onto him. Well, how does one do that? If I were to hand you a remote control, I can, you know, you can look at that remote control and take it from me. I can physically see your hand. I can physically see the remote, but I can't physically see my anxiety and I can't physically see him of who I'm giving it to. So as a result, there's a struggle with it. And so I realized that by being thankful, first of all, and then the second piece of it is this, when he says not to be afraid, realize that when you're plummeting to the rocks below, you got a bungee cord tied around you. It, you know, you aren't going to hit those rocks. It feels like it, and you're going to bounce up. You don't know which way you're going to bounce, but you're going to bounce. And so God says He's going to take care of take care of you. So I, at that point in time, I realized that the absence of uh, the opposite of fear was trust. And so any time now that I start getting afraid and I start kind of getting those moments, because even during this, I'll get those moments where yeah. I don't want to be thankful. I, you know, I just don't want to be. I want to. <laughs> I want to be angry. You know, and um, and so so I want to. So I I write down what I'm afraid of. You know, I'm afraid my business will fail, and then I scratch out those words I'm afraid of, and I write above it. I don't trust God to take care of my business, and then I say it out loud. And it's funny because when I speak to groups and I ask them to do that, everyone's like, oh, I can't do that. Well, you already are. God can hear your inner thoughts. He, can, he knows your heart. He already knows that when you are afraid, you don't trust him to take care of. And so the best thing to do is to be open and honest with them. That's the first step toward repentance is you've got to be honest with yourself and honest with God and, and how you feel. And once you start that process and then turn it into that thanksgiving because every time you're thankful, you're talking to him. Every time you're complaining, who are you talking to? And so, so by, by, by doing that, it, we, we, we've kind of learned that. So going through this COVID crisis, I, that's the big piece that we've started doing. And then the other piece that we've recognized is no virus can take away my joy. You know, no virus can take away my peace. No, no economic problems could do that because he's promised he'll, he'll, he's promised he'll take care of my daily needs, my, not my luxuries. I might lose everything and all the luxuries and my family doesn't get to do vacations anymore, whatever it is that we like to do, you know, I, but, but he's going to take care of my daily needs and I can trust him into that piece of it. I may not like it. Yep. But, but that's okay, you know, but, but he's going to take care of it. And once I kind of got to that part of saying, it doesn't change who I am. 
you know, I'm a child of God. Again, even if I catch COVID, I'm still a child of God. You know, so no matter where I fall, that's who I am. And so as long as I know who I am, then I don't have to worry about what goes on around me. And there's just a peace in that. And, you know, and the, and the Bible says it's a peace beyond understanding. It is. It's really, really weird. Yep. But, right, but I had right. to learn it through the other failures of which I had. And those other failures of which I had is where that seems to be the, uh, that, that, that's where I've been able to, to pull back from and, and, and learn from. And I love that piece of it. I think that is so beautiful and it's so powerful. And at the same time, you're, you're not shirking or shying away from the reality of the situation. I mean, you, you, as you said in your opening comments, you've had to let people, you haven't had to lay people off. You've had to, you know, um, do what you've got to do there. How, how has that process been for you? How's your faith played a role in that as it relates? Yeah, I understand who I am. I understand my identity. I understand the faith and trust and those things. But how have you processed that, Peter, with those that you've had to lay off? And maybe they don't have that faith. No, and they don't. So most of the people in the restaurant business don't. Um, it's um, even in the South, you know, that they, they, they uh, uh, we frequently get made fun of. You know, we, we have people, you know, when we changed a purpose statement to where our purpose is to glorify God by serving others. When we did that, we 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 got pushback, and uh, I, you know I expected to expected to get some. We get pushback from the community. We've gotten pushback from uh, from from customers, from employees. You know, but but yeah, they, uh, that that's 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 just part of our role as a Christian. Um, you know, I, I um, but. So when I knew I had to make that decision, I knew those decisions was was going to be hard. Um, you know, we're 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 an independent chain of restaurants, and there was a person who, when we laid off the employees, you know, the first thing is is I started letting them know back when I started seeing this coming. Right when right when COVID hit, it was out in west of the west coast. I started telling them, you better start saving money because we're likely going to have to shut down for a while. Every time you go to the grocery store, you need to buy an extra can of food, just something, you know, trying to, trying to give them practical ways in which they can, they can yeah. get through this and, and letting them know it's coming. And I, and I was communicating with them on about every three to four days. I was communicating with all of our staff saying, this is what's going to happen. Um, then when we had to make that decision, um, it, again, it, <sighs> it was an extremely hard decision. I mean, it really was not, it's not something that you can, because again, many of our employees live paycheck to paycheck. You know, we did what we could do to help them get unemployment quicker. You know, I gave them all the resources. Even now I still communicate with all of our laid off employees. Uh, we, we, we collected all their email addresses and I communicate with them on about every week to two weeks basis to say, I found these other ways for you to be able to apply for help. Um, I found you be able to do this stuff here. And I remind them, that I'm not doing this and I'm not communicating with them, um, you know, I, because I'm a good person. I'm communicating with you because Christ has commanded me to do so. And I'm still a steward of this company. I've explained to them why I had to make the decision I had to make, you know, explain to them that everybody would have lost their jobs if I didn't make that decision. Um, you know, I, I, I reference them to verses, churches, you know, I, I, I teach them, I, you know, I'd say, look, if y'all don't know how to pray, this is, this, this is a prayer that you can use. You know, if you want to know more about it, here are people. We have chaplains. Our chaplains are still in, in contact with all the, the laid off employees. Yeah. And that's the best that we could do during that time. Um, but yeah, it was not a, 
Well, it wasn't easy. I mean, it, it, it never is. And this is, you know, I've had to terminate, I've had to terminate hundreds of people, but, uh, but, but that was always, uh, you did this, I can do this in response, you know, and, and, but, but this was a situation they did nothing wrong. And, right. and the recognize that, that I'm still responsible for them, but I can't do anything about it. That's hard, you know, sure. but, but, but at the same time, you know, again, you know, my responsibility is to, to, to Jesus. He is our managing director, you know, and, and I, he, he's given me the steward to, to be a steward of this company. So it's not a sense of, you know, I'm making these decisions because I want what's best for Peter. It's I'm making these decisions because my managing director has said, this is what you have to do. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and so that's where a big part of that comes from. I'll give you, you know, here's, here's another, another way in which it's kind of, you know, we, we applied for the SBA loans and the, all that stuff that the government promised. And, and uh, a, a few days back, uh, about, about, about a week ago, I'd say, we got a call saying there was some problem with the SBA loan because apparently my parents in 92 filed it and they were saying they need to have their signature to say I'm the owner. I'm like, my mother's dead. I, you know, I can't get her signature. Um, and, uh, you know, so we, we had to go through this problem. I got very discouraged and I was, I was in the parking lot on the phone with them and I, and I walked in, I was walking into the restaurant and I remembered, I read in Proverbs that day, it said, do not put your trust in princes. And I just kind of laughed and I'm like, okay, God, you know what? Because you don't need the SBA to make me successful. And even if I get the SBA, if you want me to fail, I can't do anything about that either. You know, the SBA ain't going to save me. So, um, and then uh, about two or three days later, we, we, we got notification that, 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 that one of the restaurants got approved. And at first I was like, oh, this is awesome. Praise, you know, praise God. This is great. Thank you. And then all of a sudden it hit me. Wait a second. I haven't even asked him if it's okay for me to take the money. He may not want me to, you know, so I've sent something out to everybody and we're praying for that. You know, is it okay? Because, you know, and, and I thought about, you know, when, when, when the, the prison, you know, when the earthquake happened and Paul to Philippi, they didn't leave. They didn't sit there and say, Oh God, you freed us. They stayed put, you know, <laughs> you know, and something better came out of that. So sometimes that, that immediate, like, wow. this looks awesome doesn't necessarily mean that's what God wants you to do. And so you still have to be obedient during all these times, regardless of what you're wanting to do, regardless of what your heart's telling you to do. And so you have to kind of, kind of play out that, that, that form of obedience, whichever way it leads. Really powerful. And back to that example from Paul, you know, just cause God, you know, what appeared to be God providing a way out may not have been right. It could have been right. action. So Peter, as you think back over the course of your uh, Christian journey, your business career, and so forth. Is, is this the toughest season you've been in, or have have there been other moments or other examples where, like, you just, like, God, you got to show up? No, actually, we'll see. <laughs> yes, this is probably the toughest season. Yeah, uh, as as a as a the big picture piece. Yes. But again, and I reference it in, in my book, we, my wife and I started a, another restaurant and it was a full service kind of a, a, a upscale casual type restaurant and everything in it fell apart. I mean, we had the architect misdrew the, the plans by, 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 by feet in both directions. We, um, 
uh, we didn't realize it until the equipment was coming in and nothing fit. You know, windows weren't in the right spot. I mean, the speakers oh weren't in the right spot. You know, we had our first Friday night, our, our, our check average was 40 minutes per person, which meant that from the, time you, from the time the order hit the kitchen to the time you got your food was 40 minutes, and that was the average. You know, so, so I mean, and it was one thing after another after another. You know, we, we budgeted a loss for the first year. We passed that loss in the first month. We doubled it in the second month. And, you know, and, and so, you know, the bank is calling. Uh, you know, our reputation is on the line. Uh, you know, we, everything that we had leaned on and trusted in went away. God stripped all of that from us. And I was a relatively new Christian at that time. So I was probably, I wasn't even a Christian for a full year at that point in time. So, you know, I was, I was learning how to handle it and do with it. And then once, once we, once again, led to that first of Philippians four, six, we gave a prayer of Thanksgiving and then we started seeing some things change and we moved from drowning to treading water. And then I was invited to go uh, to do part of a marriage prayer breakfast. And, uh, and I was to pray over family and uh, through, through a series of, of um, uh, a, a series, I, I'm going to call them coincidences, but we, we know that's not what they were. It, it led me to a prayer that um, uh, when I, I prayed it. My pastor actually came up to me and said that was a prayer that even a pastor could feel convicted of. And um, I thought, oh, wow, look how great I did. Pat myself on the back. I'm so awesome. And, um, and then I, I go home and I'm talking to my wife. My cell phone was off. We're talking on the front porch. I turn my phone on and all of a sudden all these text messages just start flowing in. And the first one I see is a picture, and I look angry in the picture. And the, the caption's from the guy who, who organized the prayer breakfast, and it said, I'm sorry you're going through this. I'm like, going through what? And I started noticing what was happening was the, the, the newspaper took one thing I said completely out of context uh, and made it look like I was going against the LGBT community. Like I was like, you know, screaming that they all should burn and all of this stuff and, and front page of the paper. And um, nationwide, I mean, there was a, a Ban Demas's Facebook page. There was a um, we, we had a, we had all this all this coming, you know, for, for period after period after period, just just attack, you know, to the point where you know we had to tell our kids you need to be careful. You know, I mean, people are tweeting out my home address. You know, so so to me that was a much tougher season because again, I was a relatively new Christian. I hadn't even I wasn't even a Christian for a year at that point in time. And, um, and so, so for me, that was tremendously tougher because I was so immature in my faith, um, that, that I didn't know how to handle. I was still learning how to process it. So this is tougher, but there's more security this time. Whereas before it was, it was not as tough, but there, but I didn't understand. I was still learning how to become a Christian and how to apply your faith to problems. And yeah. so I would argue that that one was worse for me even though this situation is tougher on the surface. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And, and is that, is that, um, that, that story of that restaurant, is that what you cover in your book? It, it, what, what led you to write the book? Yeah. So, um, so I, I, I became a Christian late in life. I, uh, I was 40 years old, um, uh, attacked Christians, um, uh, and, um, uh, and, and Angus Buchan, I don't know if you ever, know, if you are familiar with him, there's a movie called Faith Like Potatoes about him. He's an evangelist out of South Africa. And again, through, through a series of, 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 of events, I ended up in, uh, I ended up, uh, going to, it, 
with two fights for me and my wife ended up in front of him at church. Uh, he did an altar call. I went up, um, and, and, and I was angry. I was angry that I went up. I was like, you know, because I, for the first time I wasn't in control of something, but I wasn't like forced to, but I was just compelled to. So I thought I was conned. I thought this was a con artist. And then again, through another series of events, I ended up in front of him on a meet and greet the next day. And he said, if you are, he said, if, if, if you're willing to die for your country, why are you afraid to speak out for God? And it was like somebody punched me in the gut. I mean, I was like, oh my goodness, like no one's ever called me afraid before. And I spent the next three days, I had to go to Memphis for a board meeting for the, for the hospitality association. And I slept for four hours and three days. And I was just wrestled with God. Like, what does it mean to be a Christian? Where's my check marks? You know, what do I have to do? You know, does that mean I have to stop cussing? Because um, I was, I mean, I took cussing to an art form. I was amazing at it. Um, and I was like, okay, does that, what does that mean? You know, the funny thing was, was when I finally gave my life over to Christ, I haven't had a desire to. Um, that's the funny thing about it. Like, it, it's it, it really odd. That's part of the book as well. And then... And then we go through the problems that we have and then the practical journeys and, and how God is faithful during that. stuff. So, so I, I use it as a means of encouragement to others in a narrative format, but also to teach people how to practically handle their problems, you know, without, you know, um, and to get past the theology of it. Um, and, and again, through a narrative story like format so that, so that anybody can understand. Um, and, but I was started to speak to groups and I kept getting invited to groups um, that, that I had no idea how they even knew I was a Christian because like I said, it was so new at it. And, and then I kept getting invited to more and more and everyone kept coming up saying, you need to write your story. You need to write your story and you need to put it down. You know, I know so-and-so would love it. Yeah. I would love to send this to this person. So I did. And I, and I wrote it down into, into the book there. And then the, the, the funny thing was, was my wife was on board and then all of a sudden she got nervous about it. You know, she's like, there's a lot of personal stuff in there. And she's like, nope. And I said, okay, I'll tell you what, you tell me what you want to mark out and we'll go from there. Well, she wouldn't read it again. And, <laughs> and I mean, she just stopped and she agreed to do it. And then one day, I, I, find, I mean, I was getting frustrated with her, to be honest with you, but I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't going to push her. And, and I was talking to a, a group of men and, and I said, look, can y'all just pray that, that, that she'll read the book? The next day she got up to read her Bible and she said, I just felt someone say, you promised him you would read your book. Don't read mine until you read his. And so she, she, she stopped reading the Bible. She started reading my book. She marked out like three things that wasn't even big. It was like something that, cause she has a chapter in the book as well, oddly, uh, like something that, that she was like, I'm not sure if that number is correct. So we need to change that number to this number, you know, something like that. It wasn't anything, yeah, anything yeah. major. It was the small <laughs> factual details and we, we published it and went from there, but it was about a year, about a year time from the time we decided to write it to the time it actually got published, um, because of the delay that was there on it. So I love it. I love it. And so, Peter, what what's the, would be the best way uh, for someone if they're wanting to learn more about either the book, your journey, um, your walk with the Lord? What's the best way for our folks to uh, follow up with you? Yeah, so I, I would go to uh, uh, the website is afraidtotrust.com. Um, it's, it's where the book is. It's a simple, just one page landing site thing. You can buy the book. It'll send you to our e-commerce site where you can also order food if you want to um, okay. and, and other things. But you can do that there. You can request speaker. You request me to come speak to your group. Um, you can do that there. But also there's a contact us. So, so I I've had people contact me from all over the world, actually, um, you know, um, and, and so they it, it, all those contact us from that come straight 
to my email. I don't, it doesn't go filtered to my assistant and anybody else comes straight to me and it gives me an opportunity to pray for people or to, to counsel or, or to, to respond in, in any way. So it's been a, it, it's just a, it's just a nice simple landing page and then you can connect to any other way you want to from there. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Thank you. So folks, that's afraid to trust.com. Check out uh, Peter's site there. Peter, what, um, what we're, I want to kind of transition in kind of this last section of our conversation, and thank you for being our guest here at Bottom Line Faith. I'm encouraged today, and I hope uh, just by you sharing your story, you know, you're encouraged as well, because we all need it right now, specific. Um, but what, what, uh, what advice would you want to pass along to someone right now who uh, we're in the midst of this COVID-19, and maybe by the time people hear this story, who knows where we're at in that journey? Who, who knows where we're at? in the opening of business or what's going on, but what word of encouragement would you want to pass along right now to somebody who is listening to this conversation and they're just discouraged? Maybe they don't see their way out or they don't, you know, maybe their faith is, maybe they're holding on by a thread. What would you say? Yeah, you know, well, first of all, God, God is faithful. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes we get to see it. You know, that's the thing that's awesome. I, it's, I love it when I get to see it. But, you know, when he can, when he can predict that, that Babylon's going to come when it's just a tiny little country and it's going to destroy Judah, you know, when he, when he could predict that hundreds of years before, you know that he's already establishing something in Babylon 200 years. So sometimes we don't get to see it, but we know that no matter what, he's faithful. We know it's toward, toward, toward the, to, to, uh, you know, to, for all things to work for his good. Yeah. Um, and I think that's good. So, so during these times, what I find is, is that when I get so discouraged, I, I grab a piece of paper, just a legal pad, and I just start writing down everything I'm thankful for. And I write it down one item at a time and I, and I fill up just one page. I can keep going and going because once you start, you, sometimes you can't stop, but I stop at one page and I just say, God, I thank you for, you know, the first item. God, thank you so much for the second item. And I start just by being, again, by, by, by turning all the, everything that the problems are out there into to being thanks, thankful. You know, in Isaiah, it says, you know, for the spirit of heaviness, put on a garment of praise. And that means, which leads to the next part, which is everything I do. When I get to that discouraged part, I don't listen to any news. I don't read anything negative. I spend all my time on everything positive. I love stand-up comedy. It makes me laugh. I won't even listen to stand-up comedy because most stand-up comedy is negative, and that's what makes it funny. I won't even do that during those times. And so in addition to thanking God for the thankfulness, it, it bring it in. And that's part of what Isaiah is saying. But Paul says the same thing in the armor of God when he talks about the breastplate. It's what we breathe in, what we breathe out. And so between those two of what I breathe out and, what I, and, the, and the praise that I give to, to, to God, the praise I give to Jesus, as well as the, the uh, as well I, as what I protect myself from coming in, you know, and, and you know, as, as, as you have said, you know, you guard your heart, you know, that's part of it there is I'm guarding that heart by what I'm breathing in. So like I said, I won't watch the news. I just focus on all the things that are, that, you know, if I'm going to watch TV, it's going to be a Christian show, you know, no matter what. And, and once I kind of get over that hump, once I kind of get over that, I'm not going to use the word depression, but, but, but that, that heaviness, once I get over that piece, that discouragement, then I can start introducing other things back into my life. And then when it happens, I got to stop and, and have the discipline to move forward. So that's probably the best piece of advice I can give is start with thankful and start putting on that garment praise. Everything that comes in has to be praiseworthy. And then from there, it's so much simpler to get by. 
I love that. It's Philippians 4, right? It's talking about whatever is true, whatever is love, yes. excellent, praiseworthy. You know, we got to fix our thoughts on those things and, and uh, because there's so much negativity coming at us. Uh, it, can, it can be overwhelming. And so thank you. That's, I, I, I took some great notes there. Grabbing that legal pad, writing down everything that you can think of that you're thankful for, going back one by one and speaking those things out loud. Um, because, you know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Staying away from the news, social media, those things that are, you know, by the way, folks, if you haven't figured it out, <laughs> the agenda is not to give you the news, but <laughs> to persuade you and to get your attention through shock because that's how they get eyeballs. That's how they sell advertising. They're, they're not there to help you, right? We figured that out by now. So, so Peter, th that is really, really good. So as we kind of wind down, I have two questions I'd like to, and I just talk about, I want to call it kind of advice. One, my first question is, if you could sit down across the table from the 20-year-old version of you, and you could get that young man to listen to the current version of you, what advice would you give him? Boy, well, I mean, because when I was 20, when I was 20, I was very, um, I was very aggressive against Christians. Um, I don't know if my 20 year old version would allow me to sit in front of him. Uh, <laughs> That's why I said it the way I did, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but, but if I were, you know, I, I, you know, one of the things that, that, that I've learned is I sit across 20 year olds, you know, I asked them, you know, I, I, because I was, I was a dishonest skeptic um, at that time. And so, and, and I read, what, what I, does you know, that mean? Dishonest skeptic? What well, do you mean? I that? was, I would, I would approach things. And sometimes I was an honest skeptic. I would approach things skeptically because I didn't understand it. I didn't understand like, okay, you know, how does, you know, how does evolution work and all this other stuff. But sometimes it was dishonest. Sometimes I'd read stuff just to trap and go after. For example, okay. I read, I read the transcripts for the Scopes monkey trial just so that I can aggravate Christians. Okay, so I wanted to see how Clarence Darrow beat up William Jennings Bryan on the stand. I mean, that was, you know, so so I, I gotcha. so so that was being dishonest skeptic. I'd pretend like I was skeptical in order to make you cry and run away from me. I mean, that was kind of the the, the point of it. So so now what I've learned is is when I face a dishonest skeptic, all I want to do is tell him this this nice simple this nice simple story. You know, when Jesus uh, heals the blind man. And the Pharisees are attacking him and saying, well, how did this happen? All this other stuff. The blind man's like, look, I don't know. All I know is I was blind. I met Jesus. Now I see. So for me, I, I just tell people that story. You know what? I was an angry person. I was angry. I was ruthless. You know, I, I, I met Jesus and now I'm not. You know, now I'm free. Now I'm secure. Now I'm no longer afraid. And so, you know, so when you're ready to no longer be afraid, you know, uh, then, then just ask him to reveal himself to you and, 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 and he will. And that would be probably the advice that I would give me because I know me, I know I would have rejected that advice. But at some point in time, again, that would have been a seed that, that, that would have been planted that hopefully somebody else could have built upon. And at some point in time, I'd have been like, oh my goodness, it makes sense. Because I like said, I wouldn't have done it. But I don't think any advice I would have given me at 20 would have made any sense. To be honest with you, I would have rejected it because I was that type of person. I was smarter than everybody else then too. You know, at 20 years old, I'm tremendously smarter than what I am right now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, college students that you would go, where are you going to college? You already know everything, right? So, yeah. 
anyway, that's nonetheless. That is really great insight. That's that's really, uh, I love it. And thank you for taking the time to kind of walk us through what you meant by a dishonest skeptic. I think that makes a ton of sense. So Peter, my regular listeners here at Bottom Line Faith, they know that the last question I ask every single time, it's the same one. We've done close to 160 of these interviews. It's been amazing to get the various uh, responses and input we've got on this, but uh, you alluded to it a few moments ago, and that was out of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, where Solomon writes, above all else, guard your heart, for from it flows all of life. And you talked about ways that you guard your heart, particularly in times of discouragement and difficult times, and I appreciate that. But as, as we wind down here, here, would you just mind filling in the blank? What would be that one piece of advice that you would want to pass along to not only our audience, but just you know, to the body of Christ in, uh, above all else? So above all else, be thankful. You know, the, the and, and and not listen to your heart. You know, Jeremiah says that your heart is desperately wicked and deceitful among all things. And that's that would lead, you know, that that that, that stems from that part of guarding your heart. But but above all else, be thankful and and, and just just to, to know that during all those times you focus on those things that are good. I, to me, every time that I find myself into that problem and I do that, I get out of it quicker. Even when I have problems with my wife. My wife and I were bickering or whatever. I start writing in my journal and I write a positive thing that she did the day before. It has to be specific. Yeah. And I yeah. write it in three days. She gets better all of, all of a sudden. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how she knows when I'm writing in my journal, but somehow she gets better by me writing three positive. It usually takes about three days you know, because, <laughs> because by me being thankful, it changes my attitude. By me changing my attitude and my outlook toward things, then all of a sudden I become a lot more in tune to what God's trying to tell me to do. And that's the it. biggest piece from that. I love it. So, uh, and I wrote this down. This is great. Above all else, be thankful. And then the back part of that is don't listen to the deceitfulness of your own heart. Yes. Of Jeremiah. That is great, great stuff. Peter, one more time. If folks want to check out the book, want to learn more, what's the best place, the website that you gave us earlier, would you repeat that, please? Yes, yeah, certainly. It is AfraidToTrust.com. AfraidToTrust.com. Well, folks, um, I hope you've been encouraged by our conversation today with uh, Peter Demis. And Peter, I just uh, I want to encourage you. Thank you for setting that, that, that uh, example of living out your faith in, in the marketplace. Of um, even in the midst of this terrible global pandemic that we're in, um, even when it's scary, you've placed your trust in Christ and you're modeling that for others. So I, I just I want to tell you thank you. Well, I appreciate it again. Thank you for letting me be here and let me share that. So I'm 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 I'm, I'm encouraged by what God's doing in the world right now. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, what an amazing conversation with a brother in Christ who is in the midst of this global plant pandemic where his businesses uh, are uh, is struggling, may or may not make it, uh, but Peter Demas, uh, Demas from uh, Nashville, Tennessee area, what a story of encouragement, and we hope that you have been blessed. We hope that you've been encouraged today to learn how Peter, he walked us through several specific examples of how we can trust the Lord in the midst of such a terrible, terrible set of circumstances. And he reminded us about sitting down and uh, writing out what we're grateful for, speaking those things out loud, being reminded that um, there's deceitfulness and wickedness in our hearts that we need to make sure we guard against. 
uh, blocking out the news, social media, all the uh, negative influences in the world, and then just having 100% gut level transparency and honesty with the Lord and say, Lord, I'm really not trusting you right now. And what, do, what would it look like for me to really trust you in spite of the circumstances? So I hope that you've been blessed. I hope that you've been encouraged by our episode today here at Bottom Line Faith. Until next time, I am your host, Ray Hilbert, encouraging you to live out your faith every day at work. Bottom Line Faith is brought to you by Truth at Work. If you'd like to hear about new episodes or listen to past episodes, visit us online at bottomlinefaith.org. You can also subscribe to the show through Google Play and iTunes. 